It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app today and join me next Wednesday at 5 p.m. as we wrap up the Reds Pirate Series and talk about what's going on with Cincinnati as the season progresses. That's Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's chatter about the Cincinnati Reds. If you don't already do so, make sure that you're following the podcast on the current app that you're listening to. I got a lot of great stuff for you all season long. I got a lot of great stuff for you today. We're going to jump into a couple of questions on the Jeff's Junk Mail segments. I got two segments of that. We're, we got a lot to get to on that. But before we jump into all of that, I have topic du jour. We're talking about how you replace, how you at least bridge the gap. Until Joey Votto returns at first base. What are you going to do? Who are you going to move? Who's going to play there? Are you going to bring somebody off the bench? Are you going to bring somebody up? Or are you going to get creative? And I think they should get creative. I've looked at this a couple of different ways. You can move Moose over. That is probably the first thing that they're going to do. Probably the first thing uh, that they talked about doing. Moving Moose from third base to first. The big conundrum with that is how do you then deal with the roster afterward? Do you leave Suarez in India in the middle infield? And then do you just move somebody to third base, whether it be Kyle Farmer from the bench? Do you see if Nixon Zell can play there, even though they've been playing him at second base, not at third? How does that work out? Or do you move Suarez from shortstop to third base And then you put somebody else at short. That kind of creates a hole for me because I don't know. There's there's a couple of things that I want the Reds to consider with this next move. Number one, obviously, best lineup on the field, period. I, I don't want them to compromise the lineup for a guy that might have more innings played at first base or at least some experience there. Now I I get it. There's plenty to handle at first base, but I don't think with shifting that you have a ton of room that you have to cover at first base. You don't have to have a crazy amount of range. You probably have to have some better than average reflexes. But when we look at replacing what Joey Votto has been doing here recently, and he's had a couple of games that are okay with the glove, What has he added defensively that who you are going to move there is going to be better than? So at best, you're looking at somebody who is going to give you the same defensive production as Joey Votto right now. I'm talking about this Joey Votto. I'm not talking about early career Joey Votto. I'm not talking about the year that he won a gold glove. Remember that? Joey Votto won a gold glove? Just in case you don't, it was 2011, but that was 10 years ago. This year's Joey Votto is not a gold glover. There is no gold glove first baseman on this roster. With that being in mind, best lineup out there, there is a second factor I want the Reds to consider, and that is don't move Jonathan India. If you want to platoon him, that's fine. 
if you uh, want to create some kind of rotation that maybe against lefties um, or maybe against righties, you've got Shogo in there and you've got Senzel at second base. And then against lefties, you'll have Senzel in center and India at second base. That's great. But do not ask him to learn another position. I don't necessarily know that I want to change his point of view right now. I want him to continue to be in that groove that he has dug for himself. A a good groove, if you will. So, best lineup possible. Keep Jonathan Indy at second base. Jesse Winker makes sense at first. Jesse Winker's bat obviously will continue to be a catalyst in this lineup. And I do not think that his lack of experience at first base precludes him from trying to play there at all. And I do not think that he would be a liability. I believe that his athleticism would translate well enough that his instincts and reactions would be just fine. Might even be a little bit better than Joey Votto's at this point in his career. Now, the one thing that I would worry about defensively is his ability to scoop, because obviously he's never done that. But I think for the three to four weeks that we are without Joey Votto at first base, I definitely think it is a good idea to give Jesse Winker a look at first base. And with Jesse Winker at first base, then you slide Senzel over to left field, or you slide Shogo over to left field, which is probably what they will actually do, not Senzel and left, but... You will have that outfield that includes Senzel and Shogo, and the lineup one through eight is still going to look very dangerous even without Joey Votto, which is weird to say because typically a dangerous Reds lineup would contain Joseph Daniel Votto. They're somewhere in the middle, three to five range, something like that. I still think that the best lineup built for Joey Votto would have him fifth, but that's neither here nor there. Looking at this from the standpoint of he is going to be out for a month, this is not going to be an entire season. I think that for this time period, defensively, the Reds are not going to get all that worse by moving Jesse Winker to first base, and the lineup will get better. It's about scoring runs. This defense was never going to be the kind of strength that put together in a certain way was going to be a pennant-winning defense. It was always kind of the feeling that the glove was punted for the bat with this Reds team. Plus, I also think of it in the vein of moving Suarez to third base in a scenario where Moose moves to first. It almost feels as though if you move Eugenio Suarez away from shortstop now, you're not putting him back there. Because defensively, he's been a coin toss. Some plays, he looks great. Other plays, he looks terrible. And there's not been any consistency that's been building there. And maybe that is something that has weighed on him, weighed on his bat. While he's in the batter's box, he's thinking, I've got to make up for the lack of productivity in the field. So he sometimes it looks like he's trying to hit a home run every single pitch that he swings at. And that is why he has more strikeouts than Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker combined. Both those guys have 22 apiece. He has 45. That's just, that is a crazy number. If you move Eugenio Suarez away from shortstop, you're not moving him back there. Because the whole idea was get through this year with Gino at short. And then you hand the reins to Jose Garcia next year. 
So I think that they keep Geno at short in this scenario. I think they should keep Jonathan Indy at second base, continue his growth there because as we've read with other scouts and as other people have talked about, his value is exponentially greater as a second baseman. So keep him there. Don't mess that up. Keep Moose at third. Play Jesse at first. That's my thought on the matter. All right, we're going to jump into some Jeff's junk mail here coming up in just a minute. But before we get into that, I was looking at the lines on betonline.ag for tonight's action, and I was looking at the Milwaukee Brewers and the Miami Marlins. I'm looking at an underdog that I think is going to win, and that is the Brewers. They're currently plus 122. And if you want to get in on the action, check it out today at betonline.ag. Set up your profile and type in the promo code Locked On. You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. I know that the Brewers are on the road, and I know that it's weird to bet for a division rival for the Reds, but I just got this feeling after a very disappointing series against the Philadelphia Phillies that the Brewers are not going to lose. They are a good team, and they're going up against the Marlins, who have been a little bit downtrodden here lately. I think that the Brewers will get right tonight. Take the action, plus 122 on the money line for the Brewers at betonline.ag and set up your profile today by typing in the promo code Locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. Bet online is the best place to get cash off your sports knowledge when it comes to MLB, NBA, NHL, even boxing coming up this weekend and UFC all the time. Check it out today, betonline.ag, and set up your profile with the promo code locked on to get 50% added on to your initial deposit. All right, I think this kind of plays off of talking about moving guys around and changing up the lineup a little bit. This first Jeff's Junk Mail is actually a call, a voicemail. Uh, I apologize, the name was not left. So I I thank you for your call. Uh, Let me know, give me a tweet or something. Let me know uh, who this was that gave me the call. But this is about Suarez. I don't normally call. Hi there, Jeff. (laughs) But I just, I am so frustrated with, Torres, I mean, it's just like he has no clue at all. He strikes out every time he comes up. I mean, he just must be batting barely 100. Just now against Arizona in the game, 5-4, to four, they botched, all messed up last night. We lost in, in part reason to the umpires and don't have a clue how to, you know, like you said, they don't have a clue how to run baseball or to run the league. And then Torres just strikes out at the end of the game like he always does, swings and misses on a Curveball 10 feet outside of the strike zone. Just, I'm just so over it. I mean, I think they should bench him. I really did. I really do. They put, put Farmer in there at shortstop. But Suarez, uh, think about it for a little bit. I think, I think he needs to be benched. I had never thought I would say that, but I was wondering what you think. Maybe on the next podcast. All right. Thanks, sir. Hey, thank you. I appreciate your phantom caller. That, that was a good call, though, talking about Suarez. It's something I thought about, and you can tell I'm a little bit behind on my Jeff's junk mail. He was talking about the 5-4 loss to Arizona after the farce of a weather delay, all that good stuff. But when you look at Eugenio Suarez, it does seem like he's pressing in just about every bat. He had that three-hit game the other day, and I declared him back. And he hasn't had a hit since. But it, it's just been kind of frustrating to watch him at the plate this year. He seems to be pressing almost in the same vein as the way that everybody was pressing last year. 
except everybody else this year has had a little bit better luck of it, a little bit better go of it. Because when you look up and down this lineup, you're seeing some impressive numbers, and then you get to Suarez. He's got an OPS plus of 44 right now. Maybe moving him back to third base works. Maybe that gets his mind right. But again, if you move him to third base, I don't believe you're moving him back to short. There could be an argument made that if you move him to third base and he gets right, then maybe you move him back to short or something like that. I don't know. It's confusing myself just thinking about all of this. And, And as far as the benching to get him right, I think that worked with Joey, but just because it worked with Joey, I don't know that it works with everybody. Maybe it works with him, but Gino seems like the kind of mental guy that he he has the positive vibes only feeling, but right now he seems stuck. And I thought even, and Dylan Cease was just absolutely on fire in the first game of the Reds-White Sox series, so I don't think that it's necessarily a fair criticism to point this game out specifically, but Gino has historically been an amazing fastball hitter, and he couldn't do anything with Dylan Cease's fastball. So I, I look at this and I, I, I say there needs to be something that they do with Gino, and maybe that is, and, and David Bell has said it in a post-game press conference that he just has to play through this and it's going to work out all right. I firmly believe that Eugenio Suarez is still probably the most talented hitter on this team. He currently is your face of the franchise. He just has not performed anywhere near okay to start the season. I think he's going to work it out. They just need to find that right formula that works it out. Hey, Jeff, this is Daniel. Uh, my question that I have is, do we know what's going on with Hunter Green? Because after watching last game and Amir Garrett coming in, and all he does is he throws slider, slider, slider. And this is Arizona's one of the worst fastball-hitting teams in the league, from what I can tell. And we have Hunter Green down there. I guess I don't know if he's down there at the alternate side or if he's down there in AAA Louisville or what's going on. But this guy throws 103. He's got nasty stuff. He seemed fairly healthy in the spring training games. So why don't we get his ass up into Cincinnati, put him in the closer role, get him some reps, and let him just go to work. That's all I'm going to say. That's my rant. We have Hunter Green. He's a weapon. Why don't we use him? Daniel, I appreciate the call, man. I I agree. I mean, Hunter Green, and again, you can see how far behind I am on the Jeff's junk mail, but Hunter Green had an outing two days ago in which he threw 37 pitches of over 100 miles an hour. Now, here is the thing. Hunter Green has missed out on a year of minor league development from 2020. I get it. Every single prospect has, but that is important for him in his own development that he get as much time as he needs to get right. That one outing of 37 pitches of 100 miles an hour plus is awesome to see. But to base it on bringing him up after one time, that's, that's kind of a lot. And especially to bring him into a situation where the Reds are in the middle of a pennant race and you say you've got to be an effective reliever right now. I still want him to get some time down in the minor leagues because Hunter Green is going to have an amazing career. And I firmly believe it's going to be an amazing career as a Cincinnati Red. But when you look at him just from I mean, just from a pure facts 
standpoint, he is 21 years of age as of right now. Could he possibly help the Reds out later on this year in the bullpen? Maybe. I don't know how that's going to happen. And, and I talked with Aram Layton about this during the offseason. The idea of bringing up a starting pitcher prospect as a reliever, and he said, you know, it just depends on the guy. And he said, Nick Lodolo seems like the kind of guy that that'd be okay because he has a very strong base underneath of him. Hunter Green is just getting back into competitive pitching after Tommy John surgery and a year missed because of the pandemic. I I do want him to get all the time that he needs in the minor leagues. And I know that that flies in the face of popular opinion when it comes to pulling up these guys, but every single major league organization runs this way. You don't see guys getting brought up when they're 19, 20, 21 years old and being handed the ball in the middle of what every single fan of that team deems as a year where they are fighting for a division pennant. That would be a lot to ask of Hunter Green. There are plenty of guys in this organization, and I firmly believe that we will see Hunter Green next year. There, There's a smaller, much smaller percentage, I think, that we see him later this year, but I don't think that we're going to see it in any sort of high leverage capacity because that's a lot to ask for the kid, and you want to see him develop before you hand him those reins. And the hardest thing about being a baseball fan is understanding patience. We live in a society that is a microwave society. We want to drive through the drive through get our Big Mac, and go. It doesn't work that way in baseball. And I know it seems like he's been in the minors forever, and, and there's been no end in sight, but the end is coming. It's going to be next year, though. And Nick Lodolo might come up and help, but that might not be till July, maybe even August. I, I just think that there are other guys that the Reds are going to call up and going to rely on before they get to their top two prospects in the organization. And I think that that is the best, uh, the best course of action for both Lodolo and Green. But thank you very much for the call, Daniel. Hunter Green has been a guy that I've, I've been thinking about lately, and I love to see that he had that start with 37 pitches of 100-plus miles an hour. Good Lord, I am excited to see him in a Reds uniform. All right, we've got some more Jeff Shuckmail to get to. But before we jump into all of that, I want you to jump into a Built Bar. It is the best-tasting protein bar on the market, bar none, because it's made with 100% real chocolate. And they've got amazing flavors, like my favorite, Cherry Barcia. There's also peanut butter chocolate. You've got coconut. You've even got raspberry. They've got a whole bunch of flavors no matter your taste. And if you've got an allergy to peanuts or something like that, the flavors that do not include nuts are made in a completely different facility so that you don't have to worry about that allergy. I'm talking about the best tasting protein bar on the market with Built Bar because the stats don't lie. Low in sugar, low in fat, high in protein. I'm talking about like 30% of your daily value protein on some of these bars. Check them out today, BuiltBar.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. 
So our first foray into Jeff's Junk Mail for today, we're a couple of voicemails. Now we're getting into some text messages and some tweets. We're actually going to start with two. They're about the same thing. Talking about Amir Garrett and just the overarching uh, complete inconsistency from Major League Baseball when it comes to their quote-unquote discipline. First, from our buddy Risto down in Jacksonville, he says, Hey Jeff, just listen to your podcast and a thought about the several unwarranted suspensions levied against the Reds players in recent games has become apparent to me is this. Perhaps because the Reds players and David Bell are and have been in the past outspoken against Major League Baseball and Grand Poobah Manfred's uneven handling of celebration-related discipline and the other poorly handled, or should I say unhandled, case of our player Jonathan India being struck in the head. There was nothing done in that situation except both teams being warned. Another example of uneven discipline, or even a message to let it go and be quiet and not criticize the uneven handling of this by Major League Baseball. If it's one thing that has upset David Bell throughout his tenure... It's his players being struck repeatedly by pitches and little or nothing being done by the league. I think that what is good for the Reds should be good for the Cubs and the Cardinals and the Brewers in the eyes of the league, and it's just not. Risto, I appreciate your text on this, and I got one more that I want to piggyback off of that. A little bit uh, less serious. This is from our buddy Scott, who said that I earned a bonus on my paycheck recently got excited, and flexed. Will Major League Baseball suspend me? Congrats on the uh, the bonus there, Scott. That, that's good news. Um, maybe. Major League Baseball has just looked so ridiculous through this whole situation, whether it be Nick Castellanos or Amir Garrett. I, I joked there was this hilarious video from Japanese baseball where a guy struck out and he swung so ridiculously at it, he spun like a top, literally three full spins, and then he walked back to the dugout. And when I shared that video, I said, uh, Major League Baseball is currently looking at how they can suspend Amir Garrett some more games for this strikeout. I don't know. I just I think it is so ridiculous. They had this whole mantra of let the kids play, and then guys celebrate, and they get mad. So was it just let the guys who hit home runs play or was it just let our favorite players play? And for the guys that we don't like very much, yeah, we're going to suspend them. We're going to get them out of here. And it's not even just the Reds. Like I've seen some weird stuff. Like I mentioned the Phillies and Jose Alvarado and that whole situation. It's just, it's so goofy to see their mishandling and the way that they run their organization is just so backwards that it's being made manifest through what the Reds are trying to do. And I think part of that probably stemmed from Trevor Bauer being here and kind of doing his thing. And now that they look at the guys on the Reds, who do not have the just absolute universal stardom that Trevor Bauer has, it, it seems like an opportunity for them to kind of, you know, flex their muscles, ironically. And I think it's just ridiculous with what they've done. It's, it, it's another example as to how this regime under Rob Manfred is doing its best to make baseball look completely unpalatable to any casual fan who will then turn it off, 
turn on football, turn on basketball, turn on anything else than baseball. And I, I, I think that if this just continues to go on, I, I don't know what the state of baseball is going to look like in 10, 20, 30 years. And that's kind of a dismal thought process, but yeah. All right. So uh, let's end something. Let's end on a little bit of fun. This one is from Twitter. Scott at MTG Packfoils asked me this, and this is off topic. This is not a Reds question. This is just kind of a uh, AMA sort of thing. He said, besides Star Wars, Nintendo, and the Marvel movies, what else do you like? Transformers? Any other games? Board games? Card games? Something like that? I appreciate you asking, Scott. I got a lot of likes. Kind of love television as a whole. Transformers is a huge thing. Like I'm, I'm hugely biased toward Transformers. The Michael Bay movies, I actually kind of liked them. And I know that that's probably going to put a terrible taste in some of y'all's mouths. I get that. I've talked to plenty of people who hate those movies. I, I kind of liked them. There now the, the, the very last one. Um, that yeah okay I won't get too far into that but the very last one I I did not like because I hated what they did with Unicron but that's getting that's getting way too deep into that and that's a totally that's like a blog post on my personal blog that I, I'll, I'll talk about actually that's a good one I might do that anyway uh, Transformers yes board games I love a good game of Settlers of Catan um, a big Risk guy although I haven't played Risk in a long time also really like uh, when it comes to card games. Huge fan of Rook or uh, Phase 10 or um, a, a, a regular card pack game that I really enjoy is Spite and Malice. I don't know if you ever played that. It's kind of like competitive, like multiplayer solitaire. It's it's called a couple of different things. It's Spite and Malice. It's also called Screw Your Neighbor or something like that. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I love getting me a nice glass of beer, a nice glass of bourbon, something like that. Sitting down and playing a good round of that. But... Uh, one other thing that I also really like is reality TV. I know that might come as some of us. I, I love just sitting back and watching a show that I can turn my mind off on. And my favorite is Survivor. By far. I love Survivor. I, I'd watch every single season of that. Uh, and currently trying to work through that thanks to uh, different streaming services that have the entire show on there. But you know what? I feel like that's a good way to end it. Just completely off topic. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. We've got the battle for the Ohio Cup concluding this weekend. I'm going to be tweeting about that and a bunch of stuff more. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr and follow the show at Locked On Reds. And make sure to get into the next round of Jeff's Junk Mail next Friday. Text or call. 513-549-0159 or hit me up on Twitter at the handles. But above all, make sure that you're following the podcast. That way you don't miss anything that I've got coming for you next week. Later on next week will be Bronson Arroyo back on the podcast. He is going to be talking about that. I almost forgot that. I almost forgot to mention that. Don't tell him that I almost forgot this, but this weekend Bronson Arroyo is, is calling the games for radio with Tommy Thrall up in Cleveland. You're not going to miss that because Bronson is amazing. His mind for baseball is just so far beyond what you would ever imagine. He knows way, way more about baseball than pretty much anybody else on the planet. So you're going to want to listen to that. And we're going to talk about that whenever he joins me on the Lockdown Reds podcast next week. Don't miss any of that. Make sure that you're following the podcast. But that's going to do it for us here today. Hope you all have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. I will talk to each and every one of you on Monday.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.